0: Episode one, here it is. That's right, our maiden voyage. He is Greg Bedard. I am Nick Cattles. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattles, sponsored by BetUS, the pioneer of online betting. Greg, how you doing, man? You doing well?
1: Good. I'm doing well, Nick. I'm excited to do this. I mean, I can't. I mean, it's been years that I've been like, all right, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start a podcast. I'm gonna right. do it. I'm gonna do it. You and I have been talking about it for a long time.
0: It's <laughs> finally
1: life. come to fruition. Yeah, And, you know, I'm excited just to talk football, you know, it's uh, it's it, it's going to be nice to, you know, be able to give extended answers when not having Michael Felger, you know, basically in the <laughs> background, um, you know, trying to shoo me off after about 10 seconds. So, That's right. yeah, let's do it.
0: All right. So let's jump right in. Of course, a couple of weeks in now to camp with the Patriots getting ready for the 2020 season. Less than two weeks away. It's kind of crazy how quick this is coming at us. I mean, it doesn't feel like it's the beginning of the regular season we're two weeks out but with that said that's where we are let's begin with your 53 I know you get your 53 on com. tell me about uh let's see the receivers first how do the receivers stack up in your eyes Greg
1: okay well this is this is I think is one of the most interesting positions and you know just just to start with a general discussion is is you know on my 53 this time I have 27 offensive players I have 23 defensive players. Normally, you're looking for a 50-50 split. Uh, I went a little heavier on the offense, um, okay? Just because I think I think they need more help, Nick. I mean, you know, look, there are there are more question marks on offense, and I know this is an internal discussion also with the Patriots. You know, when a lot of times with Bill Belichick, when it comes to drafting or free agency or even crafting a roster you know, when you see this with a lot of coaches, wh- whatever their background is, is more comfortable. So they default to that. So Belichick yeah. is, comes from the defensive mentality uh, and, and he defaults to, you know, he wants to have a really good defense. And, right. What and he knows. He, yep. Yeah. He, he knows that better. So he, he he feels that, you know, a lot of these guys are essential and it might end up that way. But for me right now, especially with um, starting with the receivers, uh, I, I kept seven on this 53, man. You could go as low as five. Um, I am counting. Uh, I Did I count three? Six? Yeah, I did count Matthew Slater, so it's really six okay. real receivers.
0: That was one of my questions. Did you count Slater as the wide receiver, but you did. Yeah,
1: okay. I always put him there. Um, he never practices there anymore. He does his own <laughs> thing, but he is technically a receiver. So seven with him. You could go as low as four without him. Uh, five with him, um, but I decided this time around, I kept, of course, Julian Edelman, Nikhil yeah. Harry, Muhammad Sanu. Uh, I don't know if I had him released last time, but that is in the conversation. I have him on this roster.
0: So Sanu, Demir
1: Bird, you you think there's
0: still the possibility that Sanu could be cut before the season kicks off?
1: I think if you pulled. The organization, I think there might be support for doing that. Uh, just really, just from yeah, just from the perspective of you know, look, you know, how much are you really going to get more from Sanu than you're going to get from Jacoby Myers, who yeah. I do have off this, or Jeff Thomas? You're talking about guys who make minimum five hundred thousand. Right. right. Sanu's slated to make six six and a half million this year. Are you really going to get that much more from Muhammad Sanu in this offense? I have a lot of doubts about that, and I think there are people uh, around the team who have doubts about that. But I could tell you without revealing too much, he seems to be in the plans for the team in practice. And there's also, look, they gave up a second-round pick for him last year. Yeah, that's a big investment, big investment. It is, and that's a tough pill to swallow, even for a guy like Bill Belichick, who is not afraid to be unconventional and say, you know what, I blew it with that second-round pick. Uh, I didn't get Emmanuel Sanders, and and I decided to go with Sanu. He gave us one good game last year, and I'm going to get rid of him. I think that's a tough pill to swallow, and I yeah. and I think he's I think he's going to let it play out a little bit longer.
0: When you look at Sanu, I mean, I don't want to defend him, you know, to the to the hill and say he was better than what he was last year. But how much do you put on the injury last year? Because we saw the Baltimore game looked like he was coming around, and then the injury happened, and he fell off the planet. Like, how much do you put onto that
1: versus this is just who he is? Well, that's a good question, Nick, because all during the offseason, I I was very much in the camp of, you know, a lot of people are bashing the Patriots' weapons, and I'm like, well, they were all hurt last year. Sanu was hurt down the stretch. Edelman, you know, had the like busted up ribs a shoulder that was barely hanging on I mean what did you really expect them Harry didn't come on until halfway uh through the season what did you really expect them to do with that so that's where I came from now from having watched him in training camp I would say about you know we're we're 11 practices in there's going to be a 12th on Sunday that we're probably that we're probably going to get to see um I get about half of those. He was completely non-existent. He wasn't even a factor. He yeah. couldn't get open. None That's of the crazy. quarterbacks threw his way. Yep. But I will say he has come on a little bit in the past week. That gives me a little bit of hope. But I still think I just think he's an average receiver, and I personally have a hard time paying him six and a half million dollars on this team.
0: Is it possible for him to average. take a pay cut? Do you think
1: he'd he'd take the pay cut if they went to him? That's a good question. I, I I think that he might. I think that he likes it here. Um and that could definitely be part of the equation um you know when it comes down to it. And and I will say the other so Edelman Harry, Sanu, Bird, yep. Gunnar Olszewski, who has a lot has of talk looked, about Gunner. A lot of talk about
0: yeah. are you let me ask you this are you buying the hype? Because I think some people say, okay, this is just a nice story. This is something now I was speaking with Andy Hart a little bit earlier, and, and he was talking to me about. It's a Disney story. If it works out, great. But And I said, well, we shouldn't dismiss him because of his background. If he looks good, if he looks the part, maybe not a number two guy, but if he looks like he should make the roster and maybe help you with some depth, I think that's a great story. Are, are you buying it? Do you think not only could he make this team, but could he also sprinkle in some productivity for him?
1: Similar to Sanu, uh, I was in that camp last year with Olszewski. I thought it was – first of all, he looked like a mascot. I was surprised he made the team. And he <laughs> and he only did because Edelman got hurt and they needed four somebody. Four I know. Yeah, you know, he wasn't exactly Will Hastings who just got released. But it was – he didn't look like an NFL player last year. Yeah. And I, I was just sort of waiting until he would be, you know, removed from the roster, and he was. He got hurt. Um and he was off the roster once Edelman could return kicks and they had some new and things like that. Um, but I got to tell you, he has completely transformed his body this year. He looks like a professional receiver. He lo- he wears number 80. He looks like Danny Amendola now. He is, he is quick as hell in and out of his breaks. Uh, I, I think he's one of the best route runners on the team. I will say his hands are inconsistent at times, yeah, which is I've an that, issue, so. you know, and but I do think, look, Amendola and Edelman, uh, you know, aren't exactly, uh, you know, Mr. Velcro's with their hands. So true. That's very true. A lot of people overlook Edelman drops the football a good amount. Yeah, and so I just think I, – I think he's so good at getting open and they lack those people that I – I'm for Gunner this year. I think he is a legit NFL player now. I've got to give him all Gunner. sorts of That's credit.
0: Right. The, the Greg the <laughs> Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles, we're pro-Gunner here.
1: Exactly. We're pro-Gunner, and I'm also <laughs> – the last spot among the receivers, I gave to Devin Ross, and, and it's a tough, it's a tough competition between Ross, Jacoby Myers, Jeff Thomas, the undrafted speedster out of Miami. I know they love his speed; it is real speed, uh, as opposed to I think Demir Bird's speed is kind of a little overhyped. He's a little yeah, bit I was, more. Yeah, I was
0: reading
1: that. You were writing earlier, I believe it was you this week saying. You know, he's
0: got speed, but it does not necessarily translate to in-game on-the-field speed. If you can get into that just a little bit more with Bird, because I think a lot of people look at Demir yep. Byrd, and it's, oh, he's going to take the top off the defense. You haven't really seen a lot of examples of that, Greg, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's true. And, and he's a guy that um, I studied on film once they signed him. I was impressed. I basically, I mean, and, and I asked the question, I think, when I did my, you know, free agent film review of him. Was is he going to be Philip Dorsett? Is he or is he more toward Brandon Brooks? Right, I mean, Brandon Cooks. Sorry, Cook, yep. um, you know, and Cooks isn't the greatest receiver in the world, but the dude can fly and get yeah. down the field. Philip Dorsett times well, but it's not real speed. It's he, he doesn't use his speed. After watching Demir Bird, and I heard a lot from around the Patriots. About Bird, about how fast he was, about how he was going to be a factor as far as his speed. And I got to tell you, through just about two weeks of practice, I have doubts about how real his speed is. I think he's mm-hmm. trending more. I, I think he's he's better than Philip Dorsett, um, and I think he plays a little bit faster. But in terms of is he Brandon Cooks or is he uh, or is he uh, Philip Dorsett? I'm trending more towards Dorsett. I mean, there there was a play in a in a practice this week. Um, I think it was against Miles Bryant, who's okay. He's not going to make the team. Um, But he he just – I never see Bird getting any distance on anybody. He doesn't get any separation down the field, and that's what he's there for, and I just haven't seen it. All right, let's jump to the
0: defensive side of the football now because as part of your 53, I found it interesting. Uh, Dietrich Wise, right now to you, is staying on this team. You've talked about him in the past, about possibly him being – somebody they could trade to try to bring something back as far as an asset now after the first couple of weeks of watching him in camp greg you're actually saying no they're going to keep him on the team they should keep him on the team why is that
1: yeah well i mean dietrich wise is a guy who i love is his first his first training camp i kind of blew him up about four practices in yeah. i yep. thought he was the real deal and he has you know he's I doing a good that. good pro yep. and um he hasn't quite gone to the next level that i, that, that I thought he would but but the deal with that is, is it's not about him. It's about the scheme changed. When, when he was a rookie, they were more of a four three. He, he would play rush end sub, he could kick inside, um, uh, you know, as a sub rusher. And that was sort of his thing when the Patriots started the past couple of years, trending more towards a three, four front, instead of being an outside linebacker for the team, they moved him inside to basically defensive end. They wanted him to be Bobby Hamilton basically. And the problem with that is he might height and weight might look similar to Bobby Hamilton. One of you know, the great underrated Patriots, you know, uh, uh, during this dynasty run. Um, but the thing is, is he doesn't, he doesn't play that big. And what we saw, we saw last year, you know, just put on the film of the Titans game early in that game. He's playing left defensive end in that game. And he is just getting shoved all over the place and down the field and they just they never part of their defensive problem was they never had a third defensive lineman to go 3-4 against a good running team. Right. They tried to fit wise there. It was it was a round peg in a square hole. I will say he's another guy and there's a lot of guys on this team. I got to give them credit. They weren't just sitting around like us, you know, gaining weight and watching Netflix <laughs> and things like that. Yeah, these yeah. guys were crushing ice guys cream were working, sandwiches. yeah. Exactly. These guys were uh working their ass off. And I got to say, Dietrich Wise looks thicker from head to toe. He's playing stronger. He's been a force against the run in practices. And I would say he's much more – he's much closer to being the Bobby Hamilton that they envision for this defense. And so for that reason, I'm going to reward him right now and stick him on the team because he also – he does have that versatility that if something does happen on the edge, he can just go out there and do that and still be effective right. as a pass rusher.
0: Right. I mean, two things when I watch wise that stick out to me as far as weaknesses. You hit the nail on the head with the weakness versus the run. We've all kind of seen that. Also, some bad penalties, especially in some bad times. So hopefully he's a little bit more disciplined. And if he's better against the run, I think that does help the dynamic of this defensive line. I want to jump to the secondary because I'm surprised. I've been reading, Greg, about Terrence Brooks, and I've been reading a lot of good stuff about him, that he makes plays, he's at a great camp, that he's – played better than adrian phillips even though phillips was he hasn't been out there very often but he has really stood out to some people you have him as possibly a surprise cut is it just yeah. a numbers game with him or is it something about his game that you don't think will ultimately fit with this football team
1: no it's it's not about fit it's purely numbers and and you know the reason that i brought that up is um right now i have juan williams getting traded um I think he was, was he he a safety or or a cornerback on a lot of other teams? I think he's a cornerback, but they're so deep at cornerback that they don't really have room and they haven't had the numbers at safety. So he's been there. And, and I do think, I think they, they, and we saw this at uh, a few times last year when he did get on the field, they like matching him up with tight ends because of his physical profile. He's like six, he's like six, three, he's long, uh there's a definite need for that. The rest of the safeties are kind of on the smaller side. They're kind of yep. more stout. Yep. Um so right now I have Williams getting traded, but for the tight end reason, I don't feel great about that. And just thinking and looking at the fifty-three man that I put together, you know, it it's sort of it would be total Belichick to have Terrence Brooks, who's a good player, a really good special teams player. Uh, I thought he should have gotten more of a chance in the base defense last year instead of Daron Harmon because he brings a physicality in the middle of the field that they don't really have. Um, he'll nail people in the middle of the field. You'll never see Daron Harmon do that. Yeah. Um, but uh, it would just be like Belichick to have Terrence Brooks out there. Basically, I can't say that he's a starter, but let's just say he got a lot of action in training camp. Um, and then to let let him loose when they feel like Adrian Phillips is healthy and other other things come into to, to to fruition at safety. And then all of a sudden, Jawan Williams is now Brooks is off. Jawan Williams is now on as sort of a guy who goes in between cornerback and safety. All right, let's let's look at uh, the kicking game before we get into some quarterback play
0: because we want to get to that too in a few minutes. But let's talk about this. You use the draft pick, fifth round pick on Justin Rohrwasser. Uh, He had a terrible start to the camp that everybody that I saw was writing about and noticing. Seemed like a physical thing too, a little bit. He was on the bike. They bring in Nick Folk. Nick Folk's been really good. You've got Folk over Rawwasser. Uh, Is it necessarily close, or do you think this thing is already done?
1: Good question. Um, You know, I there's one more day of camp in front of us, and then they, you know, they basically I think have about ten days of you know closed practices. Look, this team, and part of the reason I made this this choice, Nick, is because look, this team doesn't have a lot of room for error um, yeah. anymore. They didn't yeah. last year with Brady. Now without Brady, they really don't have a lot of room and for Great. error. You know, a lot, of,
0: a lot of close games, a lot of close lot, games.
1: There close are going to be a lot of close games. They're going to have to grind out, especially the first half of the season while they're still getting acclimated to what they're doing offensively and the change from that. Normally. When you insert a new quarterback, you know, that takes time. It takes a half a season at least for things to really start clicking. So the Patriots yeah. are going to have to grind out some games. Special teams and defense are going to be huge. And I just – I don't think they can afford to go with Roarwasser early in the season. now – and and the other part of this is there's not – somebody – if they release Roarwasser, even if they took him in the fifth round. Is somebody going I mean, to take How many people are really going to put him on their 53-man roster if the Patriots are saying, this guy can't kick, we're going with Nick Folk? Yeah, not many. The answer would be not many. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think the chances are pretty good that if they release him, they can get him back to the practice squad. They can develop him. And who knows? You know, Nick Folk is not any spring chicken, and who knows if he gets hurt, or maybe Roy Wasser just starts to settle down and he gets better, and by the end of the season, he's the kicker. But I think to start the season, to me, I'm not keeping two kickers on the roster. There's too many holes in this oh, roster. Oh, God, no, no. <laughs> and so I'm I'm, re- I'm releasing him, and I'm going with Folk to start the season.
0: All right, one last one before we get to the quarterback play. When you look at the full 53 that you have right now, what would you say is the toughest call? Do you have one or two where you say, oh, man, maybe we haven't hit it yet, or maybe somebody will move up the roster, maybe somebody's in danger? What do you see there working out?
1: Yeah, well, I think it's – I think it's got to be receiver between Jacoby Myers, who, you know, really showed a lot of promise last year. He was one of the I'm surprised stars. I'm He's not on your 53 right now. Cause I,
0: I mean, I, I liked what I saw last year. And I thought it was more of Brady, not trusting him. He was open several times and Brady would not throw his way or even look his way. So I'm a little surprised that he's, he's off your roster right now.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, that could be something that I changed later on, but I just, the reason I did that he is hurt right now. Uh, he wore a red jersey in Friday's uh, walkthrough in the stadium, um, which indicates an injury. Um, I just think that he just he hasn't done a whole lot this training camp in terms of you know making plays on the field. Last year he showed up all the time. He was like Jared Stidham's like favorite quarterback, and even when Stidham's been out there, he hasn't really looked his way all that much. And I do think he's a good player. I think he's worth developing. I would like to keep him on the team. But again, I think it's, you're looking at Muhammad Sanu, Devin Ross, uh, Jacoby Myers, and Jeff Thomas. You have two for four, you have four for two spots and I'm going with Sanu and Devin Ross right now because I think Devin Ross is really the only legitimate other option at X boundary receiver. um, Even though he's not the biggest guy in the world, he does yeah. play well out there. He can back up Nikhil Harry um, and spell him and sort of, you know, if Harry needs a kick in the ass, they can do that. But I would say it's the, for me it's the receivers that I'm having the toughest time with, and it's really going to be up to Bill what, what he wants for this team and, and, you know, is he willing to swallow that second-round pick to, to recover $6.5 million. Considering the cap crunch next year, he could do that because that's how – on next year's cap, yeah, He's probably worth about twenty-five million in real money next year.
0: Yeah, and the Patriots right now they're in great shape when you look at the cap. All right, so we're going to look at quarterbacks and whether or not Greg is concerned about quarterback play. Am I concerned about what I've read about quarterback play? But before that, my man Greg is going to remind
1: us about Bet US. Oh yeah, definitely, Nick. This this place is I go there all the time to place my bets. And actually, we should talk about this at some point. But they had the oh, Patriots boy. over under at nine. I saw really. Really? Yeah, I'm, hit, I'm hitting the over. Um, you know, no. but anyways, listen up sports bettors. This is Greg Bedard here to tell you about my favorite sports book, and that's BetUS. Football, basketball, and baseball are all back, and that means it's time to get down your bets. I only endorse one sports book, and that's BetUS.com. Why you ask? BetUS is the pioneer in online betting with more than 25 years in the biz. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, and you need to know that you're going to get paid. You need a sports book that offers everything, including live betting, MMA, golf, horses, eSports. They got everything, Nick.
0: I mean, MMA, I'm a,
1: big, I'm a big UFC fan. I don't know if you know that about me, Greg, but I'm a big UFC
0: guy. I'm going to check out BetUS and see what they got for the fights coming up in about a week or two. You know they have
1: entertainment bets, too? Like, really? I, I got to check that out because actually that's – that's, uh, another area of expertise for me, not just my for- field. Right. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, uh, make sure you call today, 1-800-79-BET-US. That's 1-800-79-BET-US, and they will walk you through getting started. Nobody in the industry gives bigger bonuses than BET-US. Join now, mention my name, Greg Bedard, and you can get up to 100, 150% in bonuses on your first deposit nobody beats that 25 years in the biz the best bonuses bet us should be your sports book join today call one 800 79 BetUS or go to betus.com remember mention my name Greg Bedard to get your bonus speaking of betting
0: I wonder if we should place a bet on Cam Newton doing a very good job with this offense this year because I keep reading stuff Greg and Everything I read, and a lot of it is from you at BostonJournal.com, BostonSportsJournal.com, you know, a, a lot of it is the passing game just isn't there. The passing offense just isn't there. The running offense, the run game seems to have at least some optimism behind it. Damian Harris, who we'll try to get into a little bit later on, uh, on this first episode of the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles. But when you when you look at this quarterback play, Would you say right now at this juncture, less than two weeks before they kick off, a game that really, really means something, or about two weeks away, are you concerned about the quarterback
1: play right now? Am I concerned? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I I guess it's fair to say. I will say, um, and I I sort of coined it on uh, BostonSportsJournal.com last weekend when I sort of gave you – you know, the inside scoop on the offense and, and, what they, what they're feeling about it. I, yeah, they're, they're going to be playing bully ball. Um, this is, they are excited about the physicality that they are going to have. I mean, I think think more of the Titans last year. Um, you know, they don't exactly have Derek Henry in the backfield, but I was maybe say, they don't Harrison. have that
0: big thumper in the backfield, but all
1: right. Yeah. But they do. And Cam Newton, they do have a thumper. Uh, uh, I like it. You know, so I mean, you're talking six foot five, 250 pounds, just a load. You have an offensive line that I got to tell you has looked tremendous this year. I've been told that these guys have a chip on their shoulder about how bad they played last year, and they how about Jermaine the Illuminor?
0: because I've heard about him, and I read from uh, multiple people that he, he's looked good at right tackle. And I even read this week, uh, I think it was from Evan Lazar that he thinks he might actually end up being better than what Cannon was last year. He's looked, you know, that good at camp so far.
1: Yeah. I said the same thing. I said, I think, I think when all is said and done, he might be a, an upgrade over Cannon. And I will tell wow. you, I, you know, from people that I've talked to um and look, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Jermaine Illuminor fan. I didn't. I think,
0: <laughs> You're not an the, Illuminor fan club guy.
1: Well, I, he, I will tell you, he's played great this, this training camp. He really has. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll always shoot it straight with people about what I see and even guys that I'm not crazy about. If they're playing well, I'll tell you. Right. Um, and, you know, you know what you're going to get at BostonSportsJournal.com. You're going to get that all the time. But, you know, in terms of I know a lot of people at the Ravens. He was with the Ravens. They traded him to the Patriots. When they traded him at the time, they were done with him. This was a guy who they, they were giving a starting opportunity to. They wanted him to be, you know, a starter for them. Yeah, and he just didn't answer the bell. They were ticked off. They were like, "We're done with this guy. He doesn't look like he wants to be there." In the preseason, he looked like that for them. Um, but, you know, from what I've been told, you know, Jermaine is a lot of things. He is also a very smart man, and he knows what happened to Trent Brown when Trent Brown, who was another guy who had people questioning how much he liked football and how much he wanted to be out there. All of a sudden, he lands with the Patriots, gets traded to the Patriots for basically a bag of used footballs, just like a Luminor. And all of a sudden, Trent Brown comes here, and he knocks it out of the park as right tackle, and he signs like for a billion dollars with the Raiders. Jermaine
0: Luminor. He's making Scott all off that move, Greg. (laughs)
1: Yes. And so Jermaine is no dummy. He (laughs) saw the Trent Brown plan. He is on board the Trent Brown plan. (laughs) So he has about seventy-five million reasons to play his ass off this yeah, year, money and I think be a that he hell of
0: A motivator. Monday can be a hell of a motivator. I'm not. See, I would say I'm not concerned yet about the quarterback play for a number of reasons. I just think, given the circumstances, Cam parachuting into this offense, trying to figure that all out. Him coming back from injuries and surgeries, the COVID nineteen circumstances where you know you've got a condensed amount of time. He's trying to learn so much. I've been preaching this for the last few weeks, and it's not to say that we won't criticize Cam if he doesn't play well as we get into the season, but I really think patience is a virtue this year. Like, you you have to be patient with Cam. And, you know, I think what he looks like and what this offense looks like, let's say six weeks in or so, it is more what to take from than what he looks like at camp. And, and Belichick has always said, Greg, right, let's see what we look like by Thanksgiving. That's kind of his philosophy, and yep. then we really want to kick it into gear. So I just think it's fair to Cam to give him the first month, month and a half of the regular season to kind of get his feet wet again and, and be able to adapt to this offense and have the offense adapt to him, the working relationship with McDaniels and all of that. I just think we've got to give it a little bit of time before I say I'm concerned or even you know panicked about the quarterback play in this offense right now.
1: I, I would agree with that. And I, w- I would also bring that back to bully ball is that, you know, look, You know, for a lot of camp, especially about the first week when things looked, you know, really shaky, um, you know, the offense is out there going seven on seven there, you know, it's a third down period where the defense knows, all right, they're, they're throwing the ball, we don't have to worry about Cam like this isn't a real game. Like once you get into the game, and you know, they're pounding away at the run with Jakob Johnson at fullback who looks like a freaking bowling ball back there this year. (laughs) and blowing people up in the hole and you got Damian Harris and Sony Michelle, and you got, you know, Dalton Keene is throwing his weight around and even Devin Asiasi has, has looked good at times, um, you know, blocking when he's been asked to do that. Once you, you have that running game, but then you also have cams ability to scramble. Yeah. All of a sudden now on third down, you see the defenses are like, okay, well now we have to account for Cam, And so that takes one guy out of coverage That makes more room for Edelman. He doesn't get double teamed as much. That leaves more room for Nikhil Harry. And then also, I'm not saying that we've seen this, but I think if you've watched Cam in the past, you know the things that he does well. When he runs, when he rides the running back with the ball on read option and he pulls it out, you know, those cornerbacks, they can't play man to man. They have to face him. They have to watch him. And that split second all of a sudden gives Nikhil Harry about two or three steps to catch the ball and go where he didn't he wouldn't have that with a pocket passer but i will say my general impression with this offense is they need to play from ahead they need to play ball control if they get behind by a couple scores in the second half it's going to be rough it just so is shootout, until they get better
0: you would say shootouts ain't happening with this offense
1: not unless they're running for about 300 yards, and that's part of it. I just – they're not going to get or, – or some team is really bad in their passing secondary. Uh, I, I have a hard time seeing many, you know, 40, 50-point 50 game, 50 games for this offense.
0: You know, maybe it's uh, – I don't want to put too much into it, but uh, honestly, like looking at the camp season with, again, all the circumstances with Cam, to me the most important part is, is the guy healthy? And from what I read, everything tells me that he's healthy. Now, can he get through 16? That, my friend, Greg Bedard, is a different question. But is he healthy and ready to play right now And the shoulder looks good and there's zip and he's moving around good enough on that foot? If you tell me that, Greg, then I know who this guy is. He's 31 years old. We've seen him play at an MVP level before. I'm not saying he's going to be that same guy, but we've seen him play in, in a healthy Cam Newton with, you know, I'd say moderate to maybe less than moderate weapons before run CMC. I mean, he was throwing the ball to Devin Funches as like yep. one of his main guys, Kelvin Benjamin who ate himself out of the league. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you when you look at this, you say this guy if he's healthy is a top 10, top 12 quarterback, maybe, you know, maybe even creeping up in the top 10 if he's healthy and has a couple of weapons. So, I just think that's the biggest question is his health. And if he's healthy and I've seen you write about it, I've seen others write about it saying he looks healthy. He lo- he looks well, I'll, I'll answer
1: healthy? that for you. He is healthy.
0: Okay. He is
1: All right. the the shoulder is fine. Uh if you've never watched a lot of Cam Newton, it's going to look unconventional when he throws the ball. His elbow yeah. is below his shoulder. It's just it just is. You can go back and watch Auburn film. You can watch him MVP season in 2015. It's the same way. You're going to you're going to get some throws where he's his, his head's outside of his body and he's <laughs> hucking it down the field. Like, you know, you're going to get those throws.
0: You throw are his throws and, around his heads all over the place. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Doing that. And I will say that he, and his foot is healthy because, you know, we've seen plays in this camp where he gets to the second level and he just throws a little bit of move just to throw it nice. out there. Not nice. even the full cam That's and nice to hear. it looks good. And I don't, you know, and I'm one of those guys who are in, is in tune to, you know, like I think Nikhil Harry has something going on with his right quad. And, and, is that Nikhil
0: Harry calling you right and, now to make
1: sure and that, I he, just, that right? he, he, he got he His right quad, something's going on with it, and we'll see if anything develops there. But I will say that um, I think that Cam's fully healthy and, and totally ready for it.
0: I think that's exciting. I think that's exciting for Patriots fans because, again, I, I think if this guy is healthy – he, I, I know a lot of people that don't like Cam, they throw out the, you know, he's lost, what is it, eight games in a row, his last eight games, and, you know, he was never truly a winner, and, you know, on the radio a few weeks ago, somebody called me, and, you know, he's a loser, he's a head case, and I, like, I, I think... People remember the bad about Cam, which is the sulking, the towel over the head, the walking away from the podium at the, at the Super Bowl, which, by the way, Chris Harris was sitting right next to him squawking and, you know, celebrating winning that Super Bowl, which is why Cam got up and left. Not, not a lot of people talk about that. But anyway, I digress. I, I think there's also a lot of good with Cam. He embraces the game. And I know a lot of people, listen, I, I've, I've heard the word energy enough to make me throw up. But he does have the energy. He does have the, you know, he embraces the game. And if you talk to teammates in, from Carolina, from his days in Carolina and at Auburn, he's a great teammate. Pretty much everybody to a man stands by him. So if you think he's selfish, jackass, nobody likes him, nothing could be further from the truth. All right, I want to jump to Nikhil Harry, Greg. Uh, this yep. is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattle's episode numero uno, sponsored by Bet US, the uh, pioneer of online betting.
1: Nikhil Harry. Uh where is he at? I can tell you that I'm not enthused with what I've seen from him on the field. Um, but, you know, from the people I talked to around the team, they're just, they're, they're just fine with him, And they think he's going to be, they think that he is going to be part of this bully ball persona that, um, that when Cam gets out there and he does his sort of things in the offense and how they run the offense, that's going to create a little bit of space for him to be the, you know, slant bowl over a secondary uh, guy type of player right that's what they envision and also you know the back shoulder has gotten a little bit better but I will say you know I I've had a lot of concerns about Nikhil uh, how impactful he's going to be all I can tell you is that internally uh they're happy with him where he is he's going to be just fine it is going to be a transition I will say one thing that I think is going for him is that uh, Cam's a big proponent for him and has been really, really working closely with him and, and trying to develop a relationship because he sees, he sees a lot of promise in Nikhil.
0: Well, that's, that's really good to hear. And, of course, let's not forget Cam loves big targets. I just mentioned Funches. I just mentioned uh, Benjamin, also Greg Olson at the tight end position. He's very comfortable throwing the big dudes, and, and Nikhil Harry's a bigger guy. And when I look at Nikhil, Greg, I just think, listen, he doesn't have to catch 80 footballs. What he has to do is give this offense some explosion. And I don't mean by, you know, speed explosion. I mean just making big plays, especially in the red zone. If he can make contested catches, if he can be a guy inside the 20-yard line that Cam can count on, run a couple of reverses, we saw that he can do that. I think he's effective with with the ball in his hands. I think he's somebody where you throw a bubble screen, he could take it 10, 15 yards in the red zone and fight through and, and get to pay dirt. If he makes those kinds of plays then I think that's really all they need if everybody else is doing their job. All right, let's 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 wrap this thing up with the run game because you've mentioned it a couple of times and you think this is going to be bully ball. You think they're going to be smashing people, knocking snot out their nose. The guy that everybody's talking about, Greg, is Damian Harris. Um, is he this X factor that people hope that he actually
1: might be? I think so. I mean, I do, with Sonny Michelle's return to practice and, and the way they've used him, I do have a fear that, you know, Belichick is basically going to give him his job back, and he's going to be the incumbent. And I will say that yeah. Sony looks a little trim. He looks a little bit quicker, and competition's good for everybody. I think he he's heard and probably been in the running back room and seen some of Damian Harris's film during this camp, and yeah. it's been sensational at times. I mean, the kid is sensational. You know, sensational i mean that that really is the word and and the thing is is that he's a dual threat much more than sony is like he he is a natural patch pass catcher i don't think i've seen him drop a ball in this training camp it just comes easily to him and the bigger thing is is he he has his vision and cutback ability sony sony knows where you know where the cutback lanes are going to be but he's not exactly a quick decider on that and the other other thing is Harris breaks tackles like he makes people he gets into the hole and he'll make people move where Sony does not do that. He's never very high on the broken's tackles list from PFF and other places. And, and he's just he's just sort of he Sony's a guy who will get you what is blocked. And that's yep. fine. And it was fine yeah. two years ago.
0: for and that absolutely. offensive
1: line and Greg, I'll it, tell you it, when coming out of Georgia,
0: I, like I loved Sony Michelle, like seeing him. I play I, I watched him play a good amount in college. And when the Patriots made that pick, I was I was on radio at the time and I was very happy with that pick and I'm surprised that we haven't seen the explosion from Sony and like you're talking about the ability to break those tackles and give you something extra.
1: Yeah, I I am too. I didn't I, I didn't have a whole lot of uh background with with Sony as far as, you know, at Georgia. So I didn't know what to expect. I just sort of, you know, judge him as an NFL back. And what I see as an NFL back is he's a guy who gets you what's blocked on a play, which yeah. is fine. And it's effective for certain teams. I think this team needs a playmaker in the backfield, and I think that Damian Harris has much more op- upside as a running back as far as big play. Look, they got into their their last controlled scrimmage um, on uh, Thursday, I think it was. The first play went 80 yards for a touchdown, Damian Harris. <laughs> I mean, you know, you don't see Sony Michelle do that very often. And yeah. so I just think that big playability, I, I just think – you know, he, he's sensational. I think he has special traits um, that I never saw from Sony, and I really want to see more of that. All right,
0: Greg, so it's uh, it's time to move on to uh, our our final, final part of the, the first episode here, the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles, and it's the uh, com member comment of the day. You can check Greg out over at BSJ for 11 cents a day on their annual plan. You have access to Greg, the one and only, Sean McAdam, Brian Rob. My guy, B-Rob. Connor Ryan, Dr. Jessica Flynn, many more to come. Boston sports coverage the way you remember it. No clickbait, no BS, no politics. Just straight top-notch analysis of your teams from a team and company that is all New England. Uh, T. Kavorski asks, uh, Greg, uh, do Bill, Ernie, Nick, and Josh look at this Pats roster and believe they can beat the Ravens or Chiefs in the playoffs? If not, should they build and
1: develop a roster more like the Titans' physical ball control style? Do I think they look at this roster right now and think, okay, well, we we can go toe to toe with a fully healthy Ravens and Ravens, uh, Ravens and Chiefs team uh, to win the AFC? Probably not. But I I don't think they think that way. I think basically they're 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 the type of organization that just says, all right, well, let's just get in that one game scenario and let's figure out a way. All right, we might beat them one out of three times, one out of four or five times. But we're going to scheme it up. We're going to execute better than them. And and that AFC championship game is going to be our day. And we've seen that plenty of times. Do I think this team has that potential? Yeah, I do. I I do. I think in time, I think not in the first eight games, you know, we've seen the Patriots for the first month, especially offensively. They stink. They usually (laughs) stink on offense for like the first month of the season. We've seen it with Brady. We've seen it with good Brady. We've seen it with bad Brady. We've seen it with all sorts of types. And so I don't think this is going to be any different. I think they're going to struggle to to, to, to grind out some games in the first month. It'll probably go into the second month because of COVID. Um, but I think in the second half of the season, I think they can, they can take off. And they also, this team is built more for those conditions. And I do think, I think they look at this, they look at the Chiefs, they see sort of flag football the way that they play offensively and also somewhat defensively. And I think they look – the Ravens are a little bit all-around tougher team. Um, But I do think they think that a physical power-running team like the Titans, who didn't get a whole lot out of Ryan Tannehill in the postseason, I think they see a way through that they can be – they'll be better defensively. They'll be better running the football. And they they have a, a special quarterback that can make those intangible plays that Tannehill can't. And I do think that they see a path forward. You know, right now? No. But later in the season? Yes. Well, there
0: you go. Sounds pretty good to me. I mean, again, I think patience is the word. Greg, this wasn't that bad. We've been talking about doing this for, I don't know, years, and we finally (laughs) got it done. The first episode is in the books, my friend.
1: And that was that was fun. I can't wait to do it again. Listen, if you
0: if you just sat through this, I don't know, 35, 40 minutes, you just got a ton of information and football breakdown about your Patriots. That's what you are going to get every single episode between myself and Greg Bedard. The Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattles is, of course, sponsored by BetUS, the pioneer of online betting. Until next time, we'll talk to you. It's Greg Bedard and Nick Cattles.